0: in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations, but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it, life is hard, and let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days but we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Madre. Hello, Miss Mary. Hello, hello. Hello, mama. Hello, yeah. Wish we were having tea together right now. I wish I had some of that salad you're eating because I'm needing some real food. Well, actually, um, I'm not eating salad. I'm eating a bunch of baked potatoes in this bowl. So what you thought was a salad was just like, Mercy is on this kick when she gets home from school. She just likes potatoes, just like a bunch of potatoes. Yes.
1: She's been on that kick for a while now, let's be honest.
0: He has just potatoes with salt and pepper and butter. Oh, I'm my like, God. That is pretty dang good. I'm not going to lie.
1: Salad with that is just my favorite thing.
0: No, yeah. that is true. And a salad would be amazing. With so it so well with a baked potato, yes. Yes, but we digress. Yes. yes, we do. Welcome back again,
1: more than enough podcast listeners. We're so glad to have you.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. And we are jumping back in to kind of a part two, but it's also standalone to the episode that we... Kind of was talking about last week. We were talking last week about our stories and how important our stories are. Now, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, all about how we believe our stories are everything. And all we really have in this life is our story. And we talked in episode eight specifically about our story and our narrative and how important that is. And last week, we talked about the, the life-giving how life-giving it can be to share our stories and how encouraging it can be to share our stories with others. But today, we are going to be talking about what has to happen first before we can get to that place where we're really sharing these parts of our stories that can be an encouragement to others. We have to first walk through those difficult parts of our story. And how do we begin to do that?
1: Hey, man, I totally relate to uh, people out there who are like, I already know my story. Let's just cut to the chase. I get the idea. I've learned things. I've I've taken a couple classes in this sort of thing. And so we're just saying, we get that. I get that. I am such a visionary. I am ready to take action once I have an idea. And many times, that's happening to me at this very moment in the last couple of weeks, super recent, that God is saying, hey, man, slow it down, because now I'm actually calling you to do this first. So, I had to take a big step back because of that. So, God values that things become real to us and intimate to us first with Him before we want to claim it as ministry or any kind of actionable step that we take is beautiful if it's done in a way that's coming out of something life giving with God or sitting with ourselves or with some people that we have now begun to think on it, process it, let it go deep. Isn't that what we say, Mary? Not wide, but deep.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. I do think this is something that I feel like is kind of saturated, a buzzword of our story, share your story, it's important. And there's a reason because it is so important. It is so very important. But I think there are parts of all of our stories that we want to gloss over. We wanna minimize, we wanna block out for good reason. They're either super painful and traumatic, or we feel like, man, I've already looked at that. I'm yes. so sick of looking at that part of my story. Yes, And so I think there's there's lots of different reasons why we don't want to look at different parts and chapters, I would say, of our story. But today, we want to discuss how do we even go about looking at it? How do we even know what needs to be addressed?
1: Because here's the thing, I think, um, rumination, thinking about something over and over and over and saturating ourselves in hard parts where often rumination means we're stuck on something. So we're circling the drain. The idea isn't necessarily saturating ourselves more, but it's sitting in a way that's going to be life-giving. We're going to sort of give you some ideas and ways to assimilate that in your life in a way that you can have some guideposts as you think about how to reflect. One is, I would say, when you're getting stuck on something, you know, this is a signpost that maybe you're not ready for this and go on to something else. So we would caution you if you start getting stuck and staying on something too long, just step away and put it on a shelf.
0: Now, what do you mean when you say getting stuck on something? What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I would say oftentimes this can look like, We go back to the same subject and we have the same triggers, the same dark emotions, the same kinds of things that aren't life-giving, but that are causing us a lot of negative emotions, such as fear, bitterness, I can't accept this, we're making a resolve and we're not really making any progress in this part of our story. Yeah. I think I said this one time, my story was so stuck with my father that it, is, it has only been recently in the last few years that I feel like I'm able to joyfully see some beautiful things he gave to me as a father. And that took yeah. a long time coming. But yes. I, I realized, no, I realized maybe five, seven years ago, I'm the one who stuck. Yeah. I'm the one who, I, there's nothing that can come out of my mouth or my thoughts about him that are positive. And so this was a signpost for me. It's time to either really get serious and sit with me about this or just put it aside until you're ready to really have a serious, honest conversation.
0: Yeah, it's so important that we do sit with the Lord and we can do this at any point. Right now we say we can sit with the Lord and say, "Okay, God, what are you highlighting right now? We might be surprised at what that is. It might not be something at face value is the quote unquote most traumatic part of our life. Yes. The Lord could be highlighting, actually, right now, I want to look at um, something that happened three weeks ago, a month ago. Yes. And this is causing you to just ruminate and get really angry or annoyed. You keep thinking about it. You keep getting really frustrated about it. And the Lord's like, I want to highlight this. Let's look at this and then in that he begins to highlight other parts of your story. But I do think traditionally when we think about sharing our story, we think about sharing it with someone else. And I know that you you've said a lot mom that you haven't always had somebody to share something with, meaning you haven't had when you were going through really hard times You didn't have a counselor or a best friend or a friendship group, right? It was just you and the Holy Spirit. Even though I feel like it is so powerful and important for us to share our story with another person, meaning speaking it out loud yes, so someone can bear witness to that and validate our story and our emotions, there might be times that sometimes we don't have that. And so I just wanted you to share kind of some of your perspective on that because you haven't always had that and the Holy Spirit's helped you walk that through.
1: Again, if you have those peoples or teams or any anybody like that, you can invite them in. And of course, we recommend that you do that at some point. But here's the thing, back to everything we're talking about here. How about let's just pause just for a minute and let's do some reflecting before we do the talking. Because basically, if you're if you're sharing your story in a way that you're processing, that's not the same as reflecting alone with your own thoughts and your own heart. This is an important step that we can skip over because we're very much a productive and measure things by action steps. We're all about the action steps. So I think in beginning this, this is really about Your heart is being so moved by what you think you might see or think you might not see that you think should be there in your life that this is where we do this honest reflection with the Lord. So if you have any connection with God at all, I would say that any human being is able to sit and reflect with their creator and ask him to speak to them because God will speak to you whether you know him personally because he knows you personally. You can always ask God questions, no matter where you are in your journey and on the spectrum of intimacy with God. I think anyone can do this. I think it applies to everyone. And I think what you're looking for in this exchange with God, the goal is to be changed by the hard parts of your story, that they're no longer controlling you and they're not the driving thing in your life. What we're wanting to do is to change our own perceptions sometimes our emotions and ultimately our lives, by doing this very thing that we'd be transformed
0: yes, and I know we discussed some of this even back if people want to listen back in episode eight. we discussed um, our our stories and how our narratives and our perceptions of our stories actually deeply affects our belief systems and our growth and our healing and so I think that's everything. I I think our perception about our storyline is everything. Why is sharing our story or writing our story or processing, you use the word processing, which I think is really good because I think we use that word a lot in like life. Like I'm just processing. But what is the difference between processing and like really being intentional to really sit and be intentional and to reflect on these things and invite the Lord in?
1: Well, I think- one of the things that comes to my mind is that the purpose of reflecting it with God is to get his insight, to get his narrative. Ultimately, we call that truth. So what's true, God? What's true here? And does this define me? There's a million questions that you can ask to get God's perspective on your story. So that's a big thing that's used in some, a lot of Christian counseling, is where was God? What was he thinking? Can you reflect and see what he could have had in his mind as the creator? There's a lot of things you can do like that. But I think in just reflecting with him alone, you know, the idea is that you want him to tell you what's true about who you are. You want him to tell you what's true about who he is. Because if if we're not reflecting and he's able to speak to us by saying, that was not my intent my intent for you was this thing, this thing that deeply matters to you. And this is where we're going is in this direction, not that direction. I think it's just, he's the one who can help us kind of rewrite some of those perceptions. And I think this means everything because at the end of the day, we can be mad, angry, disappointed, filled with all kinds of negative emotions about the things that have happened to us or the things that we've done ourselves that result in a lot of shame, and guilt. In both sides of this coin, I think it's going to take God to be the one to help us navigate healing, whether we're hating ourselves or we're hating someone else. All this comes down to this pain that we've experienced in relationships. And these are the things that begin to set us in a narrative of believing certain things. I think it takes someone who knows the truth to sit with us and let us just bring every dark emotion, every discombobulated thought and lay it for him because he can't untangle it. And he is big enough and can definitely carry the weightiest things you have to say to him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think sitting with the Lord. And again, asking him to highlight a specific situation or a specific chapter, uh, let's say of our life, rather than us feeling the heaviness of just like, I don't even know where to start. I think sometimes we might feel like, yeah, yeah, I messed up. Yeah. I've got stuff. Where do I even begin? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? And that's where I think is just really sitting with the Lord and saying, what are you highlighting right now? Yes. Yes. Uh, What story in my life do you want me to look at? Even if it's something I've looked at a thousand times, or if it's something that I brushed under the rug. And one way that we feel like is very, very important to do this, whether you're sharing it out loud or whether you're writing it down, is by being very, very specific. So not being vague. I think that it's so easy to be vague with our stories, to kind of come up with a two to three sentence just blurb for either ourselves or for someone else. Like, yeah, this thing happened, and then this happened, and it was really intense, and then this. And there's so much to that story and the vagueness keeps us disconnected, which is a survival mechanism, but it doesn't help us in actually bringing healing to that situation. So I think being very, very specific about how we're feeling, how we felt, what was going on during that time when we're sharing it or when we're even just writing it down is really, really important.
1: I think that's great. And I think you can connect with that thing, whatever it is, sometimes by the season of your life to reflect what was going on then. You can get a lot of clues, kind of like how people ask me, how do I read the word? There's so many, so many little sweet things you can do in that. But I think in this thing too, writing anything, let alone your own story, really has so many opportunities to have little pieces that will help you reflect back one can be what was happening at the time like I just said one can be what your age was one can be what house you were living in one can be a starter can be you know I remember in this grade I was sick all the time what was going in my life at that time there's just so many touchstones that God can help bring back your memory and give you some clarity so I think we could just ask a lot of very specific questions like you were saying That will help us kind of put some of those things together. I want to add that I think in all this, we talk a lot about integration here. And I think obviously our stories and our traumas particularly are a major driver that keeps us a bit disconnected, right? Because our, our brain is shut down and it's saying that's too hard. It's too scary. We're going to protect you from that. So we're not going to let go of that information. Another thing I would say, if you have memory issues and any of these things, this is another thing to keep in mind, because at the end of the day, you cannot make yourself have memory you don't have. And so I learned something huge in some of my time with a woman that I love dearly. And that is, I thought that had to be the thing I had to get was my memory. And so I learned a, a great thing through that. So you can't make that happen. Only God can make that happen in his deep working within you. So that's another thing that you want to consider is what you're looking for. Are you going to be able to get it? You can't really be sure you will get or look or find what you're looking for in this journey of looking at your story. There's going to be missing pieces because there'll be people who you can't talk to. They're gone. You're missing part of the story. So. You just have to know that this isn't super linear. This is just more about you sitting with what you can know and then maybe rethinking how you feel about that.
0: And just playing kind of the devil's advocate on the other side here, I know for so long I saw no value in thinking about the past or, you know, I would just always say it doesn't matter why does it matter? Why does it matter to look back? Mom, you would always try to get me to talk about things or to process things about our childhood or different things. And I'm like, what life does it bring and just sitting and ruminating on the past? And I think there's a level of truth in that. I really do. I think that some people do get stuck and paralyzed in the past and they have a very difficult time moving forward. And so what we're saying isn't Okay, share your story for the sake of, okay, yeah, I'm looking at this difficult part of my life or this difficult one-time event or, you know, this multi-year event or whatever it is. I'm looking at it now and I'm feeling the feelings. It felt awful. I felt isolated. I felt alone. I felt bitter. I felt angry. I'm feeling it all now. Awesome. Now what? Yeah. That's what that's what we're all avoiding. So why would we want to open up that can of worms?
1: That's a great question. Probably for somebody much smarter than me, but I, I have my own thoughts as I always do. Um, yes. I, I think we want to start with the idea that pain for the sake of pain is not the goal because right. pain oftentimes there's nothing beautiful in it because if there isn't anything to gain in it, we're going to be very discouraged. If we can find no connection to something that's life-giving There's no reason to laud Great pain that many of us have suffered the pain itself. I believe is not how we're going to live forever This is a part of the fallen world we live in So I don't think I, I probably at times almost leaned into that when I was younger Because I because I did see so many of the positive things about it and what it can do to bring us to a different place but in that question There is a lot of pain surrounding a lot of our stories. The key here is that you're looking for life. You're looking for the gold. You're looking for the things that you desire to change in and take responsibility for those things. Because at the end of the day, nobody can fix and change what has happened. Right. Only you have the power to make a choice to take something away that will be life-giving to you and to others around you. Yes,
0: I think that exactly that, acknowledging it so that now we can move forward. And we've talked about in different episodes what it means to accept something. And it doesn't mean that we just accept hard situations in the sense of saying that they're okay and we condone them, but we acknowledge that they happen. We look at them, we acknowledge them. And that's really what we're saying here to look at your story is to acknowledge these difficult parts, but to not just acknowledge them, but to go back to them and say, I got stuck here. Yes, Something happened and I got stuck here. And I don't want to move forward until, Lord, you meet me in this place and we walk out of this room together.
1: Yes. I think another thing about sitting in our stories like this, again, I like to reduce things to the lowest common denominator. I am always looking for what's, What's the point? Like, let's get to the tip of the spear. But God can do reductions in a way that are like nobody's business. He can cut to the chase, even in a tiny little parable. But this is so much greater than just one parable out of the whole word. I'm going to name something that I think that God does in a way that takes us to the tip of the spear. Our brokenness, basically, how does it really affect us going forward? I'll tell you what I think. God takes everything He has to say from Genesis to Revelation, and He says, "I can reduce it down to two things. If you'll look at these two things, and stay in this path of why this is important and that it is important, you'll save yourself a lot of troubles." And what are those? First commandment: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, without your strength and your might. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what does that boil down to? God is saying. The reason these things are going to affect you is they typically came from something or someone, yourself or someone or something that has to do with a person. There's a human being involved or there's God involved. These are the relationships we have in this life and our stories. The danger of living a whole life carrying backpacks of rocks and stones and knives of bitterness and not being able to stay in intimacy with God or with any person on the planet is going to cause you pain more than the pain you had initially. I know that's saying something really heavy, but the fact is, is what happens as we go forward is cumulative. And so it keeps us away from how we can really love and be in relationship deeply with people. If God is saying this is the highest value that you love me and you love man, pretty much All of our brokenness comes where we've been broken by relationship, betrayal, trust, being taken advantage of, or we have done that to someone else. And now our own guilt and shame is ruining our own insanity many times. So, you know, just, just coming to the end of this is how, how will you then live if you have these buckets and buckets of sharp objects that you're carrying that are hurting you at every step of the way? And then there are little daggers that are coming out and hurting the people around you. Yeah. That is not a way to live. This whole life is under relationship. This whole thing is about our neighbor, our friends, our family, our spouse, and the God who created us. That's what this is all about. So at the end of the day, to be sickly in these ways is really, quite honestly, the saddest thing of all. That we would live in this whole life that has so much opportunity for joy and love and peace. And connection and to have that robbed from us is a very sad thing to think of if we could make ourselves realize that we're hurting ourselves as much as anyone.
0: Yes. Yeah. Actually, that reminds me of a few weeks ago. I was playing kickball with the kids outside, and we have this like super tall, prickly tree bush thing. And I ran into it. It was third base. And so I ran into it and it like just one of the little branches just dug into my middle finger. And I was like, ow, like it was so painful and didn't really think about it again. Okay. And then like, so that was okay. That was more like a month ago. About a week ago, I was cooking dinner and I bent down. So this is three weeks later. I bent down to pick something up. And I'm talking like a shooting pain, like someone was putting bamboo shoots up your fingernails. Oh, my. Went through my hand, and and I just was like screamed in pain. I mean, I've done stab protection before. Yeah. In my thumb, you know that exactly. And uh, so, yeah, it was so painful. It was like a nerve. And I was like, what is happening? I looked down at my finger, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And it was just a little thorn from that stinking tree.
1: For oh three weeks gosh.
0: before, because I knew I had gotten I knew it had stuck in that middle finger and there it was. And I was telling my husband this. I'm like, that's insane. How could that happen? He's like, Yeah, I've had that happen before where it like gets caught like on a nerve and you won't even know it's there. And then all of a sudden you just hit it in just the right way. Ugh. And it's so excruciating. And then I was like Googling, does it have to come out? I've heard people say, Oh, it'll just absorb into your skin. And people were saying on Google, which I was so surprised by. They're like, actually, it's like a myth. I mean, it, it, it can dissolve into your skin, but it's a myth that natural organic objects like trees or sticks or wood is actually not a big deal. Like What people were saying was that's actually way worse because it has this bacteria on it and it can cause infection. Oh, right. Because of living. Yes. Ah, yeah. So it can cause way more infection. So anyway, so I've just been thinking on this this last week and now the splinter is so far deep in that it's really, really hard to get to. Okay, so my point of all this as I'm like processing all of this is I'm like, oh my gosh, I can think I am doing great in all these other areas. And all of a sudden, mm. something hits a nerve and it sends us to our knees. And we're like, where is that coming from? What the heck is happening? Why oh am I gosh. feeling such anger or such rage or such sadness or such hopelessness? And the Lord, and we say this a lot on this podcast, uh, the Lord is saying, it doesn't come from nowhere. Yes. Nothing happens overnight. I promise you it's from something. Yes. And are you willing to look at it? Mm. It might be buried pretty deep, but are you willing to look at that part of your story that caused that tree to pierce into your finger? Wow. Are you willing to look at that?
1: Yes, that is so right on and so good. I uh, I think Let's just say this as we come to this conclusion is here's a reason and I didn't have this written down but here's a reason is because you're in pain. You are in pain and you know you're in pain. You've already had that sharp feeling and now the sharp feeling, you're not doing anything to remove it and so you're getting cut at every turn. The nerve is getting triggered every time something hits that finger and so we're saying Your own pain. Hey, goodness, guys, God loves you. He cares about the burdens that you are carrying. He wants to relieve you of those burdens. Your pain is enough. Your pain matters to him. And we're just imploring you with this little self-care thought that it's okay for you to take time out of your life to look at this pain so that it could be alleviated. Your pain is a good reason to look at your story. It's a very good reason to want to be more whole and to be able to receive and give in a way that's been very difficult. I think that is an actual great, great reason to not live with pain that has become normalized to us.
0: Right, and I think so much of us don't want to deal with it because we know that dealing with it is either A, not going to do anything, or B, going to cause more pain. Because even after this splinter incident, and even after falling to my knees in pain, my husband's like, well, then we should get it out. And I'm like, (laughs) no, it's like really far in there. Don't touch my finger. And he's like, are you insane? You literally just were in so much pain. Yeah, it might be painful for a minute, but let's get it out. I'm like, I mean, they didn't say for sure it would get infected. Let's just wait it out.
1: I mean, it's just Google. I mean, you
0: know, who yes. knows? That's not a real doctor. I'm like, it might be fine. <laughs> so true. That, I mean, isn't that what we do? Yes. It's like,
1: yes. fine.
0: I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to open that up. Yes. Um, but the Lord's like, I am waiting on the other side.
1: Yes. And he yes. is
0: faithful. He is faithful when we open that chapter of our life or relook at that story and we're like, why am I going to look at that? It brings nothing but pain and heartache and shame. I know where this door leads. Yes. I've opened it before. What more could there be? And the Lord is saying, invite me in. Yes. Have you tried inviting me in?
1: This gal that I've mentioned that I've seen in the past, I'm trying to have some conversations with her again and anew in a very uh, old season of my life. And I love something she said to me a couple of times, and that is, basically, do you know there's more? Do you know that you could even be more free? It reminds me of a verse I read recently where Jesus said, do you want to be well? I mean, do you even want to be whole? Is this so much a part of your identity that you want to stay here? Or is this a fear door that you've kept in tightly, tightly locked? (laughs) So the idea of even opening is overwhelming to you. At the end of it all, this is all unto life. It's unto freedom. It's unto these fear doors being flung open. And on the other side, all I can say is I can attest, every single fear door has had something so beautiful behind it, it, it's mind-blowing. You just start where you are with these things. And we've talked a lot about it, but so many journeys that are hard. Some of those first steps are the hardest. But then there can be a rhythm to it and there can be something life-giving that you're not even expecting because you're so worried about the fear and the pain. But remember, with that comes a lot of beautiful things you never knew before or never saw before and ways that you can be set free. We just want to continue to encourage you that sitting and doing this is the first next right thing to do. And as time goes on, sharing it will be a joy to you because you'll have experienced it and tasted it. It's not just a story on a page. It's not in a book, but it's your reality and it's authentic and it's living. And this is why God brings a lot of authority on our stories because we have lived it and we can testify of this with great confidence. We want to end with a blessing again over you because we know that this arouses a lot of fears and a lot of thoughts. But we want to leave you today with hope that there's hope and there's kindness and tenderness from the Lord to you today. Bless you, and we're so thankful for you.
0: Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website. But for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at AmesGirls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcast, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.